Happy birthday to you. The crowd finished singing and I blew out the candles that spelled out 50. No one asked what my wish was. I think we all knew. We all only had one wish these days. To get off the damn train. A short while later the cake was divided into pieces and divided amongst the crowd. We were finally starting to dwindle in numbers. After 20 long years on the train many were choosing to leave. Consequences be damned. For we did not know what the consequences are. We all awoke one day sitting in different cars with nothing on us but our clothes and a single note. Whatever you do, don't get off this train until you arrive at the very last stop. The first day had been chaos. Accusations flew about as all of us tried to figure out how we got on the train, how long we'd been there, what happened to our friends and families. Eventually we figured out there were 50 of us from across the world. No one knew anyone else. There was no single link between any two people. The first stop came that night. Five people opted to get off immediately. We still don't know what happened to them. The bravest of us explored the length of the train. The biggest discovery was the dining car, which had been vital to our survival. Every day we would enter the dining car's galley and find it fully stocked with a surprisingly wide variety of fresh meats, vegetables, fruits, and standard pantry staples. A few passengers tried to stay in the galley for a whole day to see who restocked it. That day we went hungry. But the majority of cars were standard passenger cars. There was the coach car we awoke in, a handful of lounge cars, and enough sleeper cars for everyone to have a bed at night. My personal favourite was the observation deck which sat at the back of the train. It provided an excellent view of the landscapes we rolled through, and more importantly, had a consistently stocked bar. And the landscapes were beautiful. The first day we saw endless rolling plains dotted with herds of buffalo. Since then we've travelled through snow-covered mountains, blinding deserts, dark forests, and almost any other type of terrain you can think of, except a city. There was even one awful month where we were stuck in an arctic wasteland for just under 28 days. Six people got off the train at the next stop, the largest group that left at one time. That month was also the longest we had gone without a stop. Most often there was at least one stop a week, though the time between stops varied widely and the duration of the stop changed often, sometimes lasting for a few minutes and once lasting for an entire day. During one terrifying week we had almost one five minute stop every hour. It felt like being on a subway in the city, but there was no city, there never had been any. Not even a building or the slightest sign of civilization other than the train, the tracks and the stops. What are you thinking Jim? Kelly asked as I stared out the window. Who says I'm thinking? I replied with a slight smile. You haven't touched your cake. She pointed out. And you always stare out the window when you're feeling down. <sighs> I'm getting too predictable. We've been interacting pretty regularly for 20 years Jim. It'd be more ridiculous if you weren't predictable. I grunted and continued to stare out the windows. Today was like the first day. Rolling plains, but this time with mountains visible in the distance. You're thinking about them? She asked quietly. It's been 20 years, like you said. Do they even remember me? Or has no time passed at all? We just don't know. She sighed. Perhaps not. But we're aging, are we not? I scratched my scruffy beard. It had began to turn grey a few years before, and it seemed like I found a new wrinkle every day. It only makes sense for time to pass in the real world. It does. Kelly admitted. But I can hope. I rubbed my eyes tiredly. I want to, I really do, but- You're not- you're not thinking you want to get off, do you? She asked, eyes widening. I remained silent. Oh, Jim. She wrapped her arms around me and I could feel tears begin to soak into my shirt. 
I have a family out there, Kelly. I have to try. What if you die? You can't take that risk. It's 20 years today. Maybe that's the end, she sniffled. Maybe. I could tell she didn't believe me. What if there's no stop? There will be, I said. There's always a stop at the hard moments. After the Arctic, at one year, five years, ten years, there will be one. The train squealed to a stop later that night, just as I had thought it would. The rest of the passengers, now only twelve, not including myself, gathered around the door silently. I took a deep breath. Look me up when you get off, I said. I'm not dying here, even if this isn't the last stop. I stepped onto the platform, my feet touching solid ground for the first time in twenty years. I looked around at the plains and mountains, took a deep breath, closed my eyes, and stood for a moment. Within a few seconds, the train began to whoosh and the wheels slowly spun into action. I had failed. It was not the train's last stop. I opened my eyes feeling strangely calm. The planes had disappeared. I was standing outside my old house. It had changed over the last 20 years. The sidewalk was a bit more worn and the siding was a new colour. As I had thought, 20 years of my life had been gone. I sighed and stuck my hands into my pocket. There was a new slip of paper. Whatever stop you get off at is your last stop. I let the paper fall to the ground. Fuck. Thank you for listening. I've been your host, Tom. Don't forget to check out Sleepless Readings on YouTube to hear these stories first. And as always, stay sleepless.